Then you will truly be successful. Turn the page. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. Oh. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good to those who love God. He has word on your lips. To those who are called. Meditate on day and night. According to be his purpose. Hey everybody, it is day nine of our 90 day challenge and I am so excited that you are journeying with us through the scriptures. Today's topic is about assignments. So get your notepad ready. We're going to be exploring this subject. You are the exception. Go with me to a brand new book today, the book of Numbers, the first chapter, starting at the first verse. The Lord spoke to Moses in the tent of meeting in the desert of Sinai on the first day of the second month of the second year after the Israelites came out of Egypt. He said, take a census of the whole Israelite community by their clans and families, listing every man by name one by one. You and Aaron are to count according to their divisions all the men in Israel who are 20 years old or more and able to serve in the army. One man from each tribe, each of them the head of his family, is to help you. Moses and Aaron, I'm at verse 17 now, took these men whose names had been specified and they called the whole community together on the first day of the second month. The people registered their ancestry by their clans and families and the men 20 years old or more were listed by name, one by one, as the Lord commanded Moses. And so he counted them in the desert of Sinai. Numbers 1, 21. The number from the tribe of Reuben was 46,500. Numbers 1 and 23. The number from the tribe of Simeon was 59,300. Numbers 1, 25. The number from the tribe of Gad was 45,650. Verse 27. The number from the tribe of Judah was 74,600. Verse 29. The number from the tribe of Issachar was 54,400, verse 31. The number from the tribe of Zebulun was 57,400, numbers 133. The number from the tribe of Ephraim was 40,500, verse 35. The number from the tribe of Manasseh was 32,200, verse 37. The number from the tribe of Benjamin was 35,400. 39. The number from the tribe of Dan was 62,700. Verse 41. The number from the tribe of Asher was 41,500. Verse 43. The number from the tribe of Naphtali was 53,400. Verse 44. 
These men were counted by Moses and Aaron and the 12 leaders of Israel, each one representing his family. All the Israelites, 20 years old or more, who were able to serve in Israel's army were counted according to their families. The total number was 6,000. The total number was 603,550. The ancestral tribe of the Levites, however, was not counted along with the others. The Lord had said to Moses, you must not count the tribe of Levi or include them in the census or the other Israelites. Instead, appoint the Levites to be in charge of the tabernacle of the covenant law over all its furnishings and everything belonging to it. They are to carry the tabernacle and all its furnishings. They are to take care of it and encamp around it. Whenever the tabernacle is to move, the Levites are to take it down. And whenever the tabernacle is to be set up, the Levites shall do it. Anyone else who approaches it is to be put to death. The Israelites are to set up their tents by divisions, each of them in their own camp under their standard. The Levites, however, are to set up their tents around the tabernacle of the covenant law so that my wrath will not fall on the Israelite community. The Levites are to be responsible for the care of the tabernacle of the covenant law. Verse 54, the Israelites did all this just as the Lord commanded Moses. And that ends our reading for today. Again, our topic for your consideration is you are the exception. Wow. We are already nine days into our 90 day challenge. The first nine days are a tithe of our entire 90 days. So give yourselves a round of applause. I am so excited because if you get to this point, nine times out of 10, you have made some significant life shifts to finish this and you will do it. This is also a point where if you're just getting started or you found out about it later than we started together, you can catch up without feeling overwhelmed. But I always encourage people to start where you start and keep spreading the word because you never know the day someone needs to discover purpose. So congratulations on making it. And I want to celebrate this victory lap by giving you some working definitions. I know that we have been developing an understanding of purpose without really assigning anything to a definition of sorts, because I don't want that to limit you from the scope of understanding God wants to give us. But for the sake of today, I want to give you the five definitions the way the Lord gave these words to me. Here we go. Number one purpose is the verb and the vehicle that should show up in every sentence of your life. So if purpose is the verb and the vehicle, then passion is the fuel inside of that vehicle. An assignment is a temporary rest stop along the way that is necessary for destiny. Calling is the echo that haunts you, even stalks you from childhood. It's been calling you in different ways, shapes, and forms, but it is consistently an echo from childhood. And finally, destiny is short for destination. So I define destiny as the punctuation mark at the end of your life sentence. For the purpose of today, though, I just want to concentrate again on purpose, passion, and assignment. We looked at it yesterday. I want to look at it a little bit more because many people define purpose in many ways. I define it as a verb or vehicle that should show up in every sentence of your life because I wholeheartedly believe that God gives all of us a verb. Some of us 
have two. Some of us, maybe three. But that verb gives life to dead things. That verb awakens you out of the coma of normalcy. That verb, for some, is encourage. And no matter what you do for a living, quote unquote, that verb screams loudly in the world. So when you show up, encouragement enters the room. For another, that verb might be evangelize. You cannot help it. I don't care if you serve in the church or you serve somewhere else. You're always finding opportunities to share the gospel of Jesus Christ and the good news. For another, your verb may be counsel. For another, your verb is protect. And for me, God clearly told me in college that his purpose for me is to invoke the people of God into a true worship experience. My verb is invoke. Another verb I believe I have is bridge. All throughout my life, I think it could be because I'm a middle child, but I've served God and used my gifts, my experiences, and my presence to bridge the old with the new, to bridge the sacred with the secular, to bridge the Pentecostal with the Presbyterian. I am a bridge. And this word invoke is my unique purpose trait. I didn't even know what the word invoke meant when I was in prayer as a freshman in college after leaving Ty Tribbett's concert. And he wrote these purpose declarations that he encouraged everybody at the concert to also write where every day you would wake up sort of claiming your morning, rehearsing your calling and walking out into the world with clarity. And as he began to challenge us to have a daily declaration, as I prayed for the word that best described what I was called to do, the Lord whispered this word, invoke. And that word invoke is to excite. It is to ignite. It is to bring people into the awareness of. And the more I chiseled and concentrated into that study, I realize now that I am called to ignite your passion, jumpstart your understanding, and cause others to want to know in an intimate way the God I love and serve. So what does that look like on the ground? I am so glad you asked. An awareness of my verb means that if I'm preaching in the pulpit or teaching as a professor, God has purposed me to teach in such a way that students leave ignited. My prayer is that they leave my presence saying, I don't know what it is about this particular professor, but he woke up something in me that I thought had died. When I'm walking in purpose, I invoke others to finish what they've started so that ultimately they will come to an understanding of the majesty of our God and their unique role in the earth. Said shorter, I am purpose to help you find yours. And I accomplish that by invoking the finisher in you to finish. Passion, however, though, is the fuel that gives purpose. I hope you're taking notes. If purpose is the puppet, then passion is the puppeteer. It is the thing that keeps you up at night. It is the thing that you can do even if you didn't get paid. If purpose is the vehicle, then passion is the fuel. And the same way that man shall not live by bread alone, says Jesus, I believe passion should not be the only way by which you live. You should not live by passion alone because the very fuel that you can use to fill up your tank and drive your car is the same fuel that you could use to burn your house down. So if you live your entire life by passion alone, you are playing Russian roulette with your destiny. It's that simple. If passion is your only guide, then you will burn out as soon as the passion disappears. An assignment, however, though, is a temporary rest stop that catapults you into calling. We studied this with Joseph, but I want to reiterate it here. 
Assignments are not permanent habitations. They are temporary placeholders. But don't downplay your assignment because your assignment functions as a tour guide that helps you to reach your destination. Destiny. So what does it have to do with numbers? All right, here we go. Numbers was written by Moses, the same person who wrote Exodus and Leviticus. In numbers, we have the very first census recorded. It's interesting to note, though, how the book of Numbers begins and ends. Numbers begins with a focus on the first generation out of Egypt, acknowledging their wanderings in the wilderness. But Numbers ends with the second generation preparing to enter the promised land. The Levites in the book of Numbers had a collective purpose, and I believe their verb was attach. In Hebrew, the name Levi is translated attached or joined. The Levites were attached to God, so much so that they could not own property or land. Their tribe was the only tribe out of 12 that was prohibited from buying land or owning property. Their assignment, the tabernacle. Their home was surrounding the tabernacle, which put them literally between God and the people. Their passion was God. They didn't directly report to Moses. No, they reported to God. Levites skipped the middleman. No one voted them in. No one voted them out. Instead, God appointed the Levites to be custodians of the tabernacle. Now, what do modern custodians do even in America? They set up and break down. They make sure the room where the teachers have to teach and the students have to learn is clean and properly sanitized. They, custodians, are the first to get to work and the last to leave. They have the keys to every room because it is their responsibility to open up and close the facility. They're custodians. So if an event is happening, the custodian sets up the chairs and the tables. The custodian, if something is spilled, is called to go into the maintenance room and clean it up. Most Americans, however, we confuse purpose with performance. We confuse purpose with position. Most American Christians assume that biblical Levites were somewhere singing Tasha Cobbs, somewhere singing Hillsong, somewhere playing a B3 Hammond organ in the wilderness and dancing barefoot during Moses's sermons. But those are not accurate depictions of biblical Levites. Be clear about your assignment, not by pop culture, but by scripture. Levites were in charge of the tabernacle. They spent their days making sure the covenant law between God and the Israelites was always clean. They were passionate about public worship and acceptable sacrifice. They were passionate about obedience and they were dedicated to the service of the Lord. Their primary audience was God. Their secondary audience was God. Their tertiary audience was God. Their to-do list was God's agenda. Their calling expressed itself in a multiplicity of ways. Some musicians, some gatekeepers, some guardians, some temple officials, some judges, some craftsmen. But most of all, they were attached to God. That was their singular synonymous experience. In a word, they were the exception. Remember, the difference between an assignment and purpose. Y'all finish it. Purpose does not have a deadline. Assignment does. So imagine that the Levites were not clear about their assignment. They would have put in a bid for land at the monthly auction, unaware of their unique difference. Imagine if the Levites were not really clear about their assignment. The way the Israelites entered into numbers was very much 
also contained and managed because the Levites were clear. If I don't do my job, they can't exit the wilderness. Are you clear about your role in the kingdom of God? I beg you to get clarity. I beg you to make this your prayer. Lord, make me clear before I make a mistake. If not, an earthly king will try to keep you longer than you're supposed to stay. It's temporary. If not, an annoying supervisor will try to make you do their job. Don't make it happen. Get clear about your assignment. I know it's a lot and I know I've said a lot, but I said all of that to say, like the Levites, you are an exception to the rule. You are an exception, though, for a purpose. You aren't just the exception. You're not just different. You're not just an anomaly for the sake of being different. No, God gave you a specific assignment, which is why he made you the exception. Don't worship your difference. Just walk in his purpose. So what is your purpose project today? I want you to list all the things that make you different. List as many differences that you can think of. What makes you unique in your family makeup? What makes you unique at work? What is your most unique personality trait? What is your, what is your most unique physical trait? If you have trouble answering these questions, ask a trusted friend. Then jot down all of the differences and analyze these differences in conversation with your goals. Eliminate anything that contradicts your new understanding of purpose, passion, and assignment. Class is now ended. I know that was a lot, but I know you can handle it. Welcome to day nine. Let's pray. God of all tribes, God of all creation, thank you for making me just the way I am. Thank you for loving me just the way I am. Thank you for my uniqueness. Thank you for my differences. Whenever I feel insecure or unsure, please remind me over and over again that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.